Oh. Welcome back, listeners. This is Matt Goes to the Movies, and if you've listened to the show, it is time for Falcon in the Winter Soldier, which with that episode means that Rob and Harrison are back again. Guys, welcome. We said it last week. Now there's only one episode left, and it almost doesn't seem fair. Um, I want the episode now, but I don't want it now because I don't want this to be over. So, Rob, welcome. Thanks again for having me. Um, yeah, it's um, thinking that we only have one of these left. Um, it is currently being referred to as a series finale, but I desperately want that not to be the case. As uh, as we'll as I'm sure we'll talk about, uh, you know, through as we break down this episode. But dear God, let there be a season two of this, please. Yeah, Harrison from the basement binge. Uh, listeners, you should know him by now. Harrison, welcome back to you as well, man. Thank you. Thank you for always giving such a nice intro. Uh, I am very, very excited to talk about this episode, but I'm also, it's bittersweet to think that the next episode is the last, like it's the season finale. Like you guys said, it, it's so interesting that it's coming so quick. And what's making it even sadder is that I realized that Loki is so much further away than I thought. Like when Loki was announced, <laughs> I didn't do the math and I was like, oh, we're going to have like one or two weeks. No, it feels like an entire month now, you know, and Black Widow being delayed. So I, but that aside, when this episode ended, I just, wanted to talk to you guys so badly I, and i even laughed because we all send the most generic texts to each other like it, it, i just was dying because it was so funny to me how generic it was that we were trying to like talk about it clearly all of us had things to say and we're all like holding it in it's yeah we're, we're all laugh, keeping so. secrets from each other like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes like matt i just looked back your reply was very interesting watch <laughs> <laughs> just could be applied to anything like i could have been yeah, watching yeah. a car i could have been watching a car go by the window like just... yeah but... yeah oh man so i i mean <sighs> let's get into this because there's so much to dive into that I think we'll all have the same kind of opinion, at least from the vagueness that we did talk about. I'm going to go first. So listeners, uh, this is going to be our two minute warning, a quick recap of what we thought of the episode without spoilers before we just start breaking this thing down. So for me, this was by far the best episode of the series. And for me personally, it's not even close. This is miles ahead of everything else that they've done. And I'm not saying everything else that they've done is bad. I like this show a lot. This just carried so much weight. It touched on so many real issues, but to me, they did everything in a very realistic way that, a lot of people that I've talked to can relate to on both sides of the fence. They made every character's motives and thoughts like just mesh and gel. I love this. There's a surprise cameo, which is the person is from one of my favorite TV shows of all time. And I was just dying. I love seeing it. Uh, this had everything for me. So I absolutely love this episode. Uh, Harrison, why don't you go next? We'll let Rob finish off the two-minute warning. 
Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm really right there with you, Matt. I, I'm holding out for this last episode, this season finale. But as of I, I I could confidently say that this is one of the best standalone things that the MCU has has ever done. And which is so interesting to say. And I've read reviews about it, of course, because I just love to hear what people think about it. And some people are saying, you know, like, oh, this show has flaws or has things like this. Or like, I think that for what it's trying to do, which, I mean, you could use that to justify anything, but it's for a comic book series based off this MCU that we're already in. I don't think it could have gotten better than this. And there's so many things that, and I'm not just talking about like story or action or comic bookiness, like even tech, technical things like the cinematography. I feel like this entire season or series, especially this episode was Marvel, their MCU responding to people saying that they have generic cinematography from everything from the camera angles, to the camera movement, lighting, composition, framing, everything is not just like, Oh wow, that's beautiful. But it just complements the story as well. And so from a technical level to an enjoyment to just story-wise, everything is just cranked up level. And as a, and also as a continuation as part of a season, like this episode doesn't exist in a vacuum, right? It's a continuation of things previous and a, and a prequel to things to follow. It does a really great job at continuing those threads, but also tying up threads that I've been waiting to see. And it's just everything that I've wanted out of the series as it comes to a close, I got with this episode. Um, that I felt like I'd kind of been missing a little bit with the last few. So I, I'm really excited to get into the spoilers about it because there's a ton to say. All right. Rob, uh, tell us you hate it. <laughs> um, so for anybody who's uh, expecting that this is going to be another example of Rob ruining something, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I'm not. I've got nothing oh. to ruin here. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Um, I, I, I love the first two episodes of the season. The middle two, I was kind of, I kind of poo pooed the third, the third episode last week there. I enjoyed, but there were, there were certainly some things that I, I kind of felt didn't really work well. Um, this week, man, I, I, I really enjoyed this from start to finish. Um, there's, there's a lot working here. You know, I, I think certainly both you guys talked about how this is really peak Marvel. You know, this is this is some of the best work they've done. Um, this shows you that we can expect more from adapted comic book media. We can expect quality acting, great characterization, great directing and writing. We can expect thought-provoking moments that are going to touch on things that are happening in our real world, but presented in a way that won't make anyone feel alienated if maybe they're not necessarily on board with some of the ideas being presented because it's not, we're not being preached to. We're, we're simply viewing these ideas through the eyes and ears of the characters who are having the conversation. We're, we're not being told how to think. We're, this, this isn't you know the, the Oscars where millionaires get up and tell you what to think and how to think it. Um, these are characters who live these events have experiences and opinions on those based on their real world experience in this fictional world, of course, um, and tell their story and why they believe the way they do. Um, you know, you think back to action movies that we've had in the past where it's, you know, think about any movie with Steven Seagal ever and think how wooden his acting is and think how bad some of the action films are that maybe we grew up loving just for the mindless explosions and things like that. What Marvel has done 
especially capsulated in this episode, is show us that it can be more. For all of the you know, beating up of the MCU that a lot of the big names in Hollywood want to try to do, uh, frankly, because they're afraid of it. Um, they're afraid of the billions of dollars that this brings in and that their films won't be able to compete anymore. Um, show them this and say, now try to defend your opinion. Show them this episode of television. It's 54 minutes long or however long it is and say, now try to, now try to defend your previous point. Um, it's, it's just fantastic. You know, we, we continue to see the importance of symbology from the shield itself, which has been a major symbol throughout. Uh, the monument in Sokovia is certainly a major symbol that has meaning. And we see that later. And even the very title of Captain America means something and has a powerful symbol behind it. And, and the fact that it's you know, you're draping yourself in the red, white, and blue and the stars and the stripes and, and the, the fact that that's on the shield itself. We continue to see those things play out and be important. Um, and it's, uh, God, I, as soon as this was done, I was like, oh, it just ends on such a cliffhanger. And, and, you, and just, I can't wait for Friday. Yeah, that is... Yeah, I don't think there's anything else to say without you getting into spoilers between the three of us. So, you know, listeners, if for some reason you have not been able to watch this episode and you've avoided the Internet, um, you know, you don't know what has happened in this episode. This is the part where you pause it, uh, you know, until you see the episode and then come back, because here we go. We're going to deep dive into this and. You know, one thing that I was a little worried about from last episode was where are we going to pick up with the events of the ending and John Walker losing his cool, uh, an understatement and killing one of the flag smashers in broad daylight in front of people being recorded. Where are we going to pick up? Were they going to gloss over it? Like what was going to happen? And they don't. This episode picks up. He is running away from that scene. He's trying to clear his head. And for me, you know, guys, we talked about this. I know a lot of people don't like this guy. And there's been some really ridiculous threats and things sent to him about this character, which we've talked about, like separate it, guys. Um, you know, I don't think any of us were supposed to like him as Captain America. That's not the point. But you know, the attacking him personally is where it's just ridiculous. But I think this has been this was the best performance that he had. He had a lot of very good moments in this episode, particularly here as well, where he's just trying to calm down. He's, you know, coming off that adrenaline rush, so to speak, of trying to get revenge uh, and being a soldier, which that's all he knows how to do, it looks like, and you're certainly presented with that later in the episode, um, you can see that he's trying to figure out where his next thought is, and he's trying to bring himself down, and we get the confrontation with Sam and Bucky, which I thought was very well done, a lot of great choreography, but uh, Harrison, I'll ask first. I There's more to talk about with him, I thought this was the best portrayal 
of John Walker so far where he elevated himself in my mind, the actor and really brought a a lot of emotion to this character in range. I loved him in this episode. Yeah, I I agree. I think that uh, like, I'm not huge into like awards and things like that, but if there's any ever anybody who like after watching someone like they deserve an award, it's um, I forget the actor's name, but whoever's playing John Walker, White Russell is his name, something like that. Yes. He's doing a fan- fantastic job. Just yeah, clearly, we're not supposed to like him, but it's it's easy to just be so flat. And and the emotions and the motivations that a character like John Walker would have uh, is uh, not the easiest thing to portray not that it's the hardest thing to believe or to possess but it's hard to portray that and from the beginning throughout the entire episode every moment there's such believability to this character's motivations including in this moment with all the range of emotions he's probably going through through guilt shame heartache sorrow rage so on and so forth we could keep going for a few minutes here and he just portrays that even in moments like a fight scene. And I just think that Wyatt Russell is doing a great job. And just to talk a little bit about what you said and some things that are happening to Wyatt Russell personally, listening to this guy in interviews, he's like just a gem. I sent the, these two guys a link where he was in an interview and someone was saying like, you know, people are hating this character. And he's like, you know what? I don't have any social media. Like I'm not on any platform anywhere. And he's like, you know what? I think it's awesome if there's people out there that like in this little made up world, they just get to hate me. And like, it like thrills him that people hate him, but clearly he's just doing a great job. And honestly, such a great guy doing such a great job is just great to watch. You know, I, I'm sorry, this is kind of long to a short question you asked me, but at the beginning, I remember we talked a lot about how Anthony Mackie specifically had great screen presence. I even think of that first episode that I wasn't here for. You guys talked about Anthony Mackie having great screen presence well, it's kind of totally, not kind of, it's completely been stolen by Wyatt Russell. When he's in a scene, I watch him more than anyone else. Yeah, Rob, what are your what are your thoughts? Again, there's, there's more scenes with him in this episode, but I think he just nails it right off the bat. What were your thoughts um, on specifically him? And we can get into, you know, more of this scene, but what, do, what did you think about his portrayal? Uh, certainly, I have to agree that this is the best we've seen um, of of this character. Um, you know, last week I kind of felt like they went a little bit over the top with trying to figure out the most you know ridiculous, awful thing that okay, what can we make you know uh, John Walker say that is going to make people hate him more? Okay, we'll write that in as his dialogue. It, it almost felt a little bit forced and over the top the way that he was written. Um, and this week, I didn't feel that at all. There's there's really only one moment, and literally, it's the only kind of negative note I have um, is is when he you know he keeps trying to convince everybody. He keeps saying, "I am Captain America," and I'm like, uh, "That's a little bit. That was a little bit lame for me." Um, but almost everything else he does, um, this is definitely Wyatt Russell's best performance of the series. This is definitely the the most interested I've been in this character because um, he, he's just sort of felt almost a little bit like a caricature at times to me of just, you know, a, a, a character you're just not supposed to like. He's written in a way you're not supposed to like him. Um, and he, he's given dialogue that that's leading you to, to believe that And this week, I think we've got a lot more depth to him. Yeah, it's, Clearly, like I've said, it's just, I think, his best performance so far. And there's a lot more to talk about with him. But one of the other things that 
you know, happens in this particular scene is again, you, you do see Sam being the one that tries to talk to him. You know, he says, look, you know, things got out of hand. We understand like we can like, let's not do anything that we can't come back from. And it looks like he's getting through to him until he does make the mistake of saying like, I need you to give me the shield. And that's what pushes him over. But you know, it once again shows why Sam to me is just the right pick to take over this mantle and be somebody that's supposed to be a symbol that, you know, even in the worst of times can always put forth his best effort. Um, He just continues to impress me. Bucky, obviously, I love how he says, you know, Sam's like, you know, you don't want to, or I'm sorry, Walker says you don't want to do this. And Bucky's like, yeah, we do. Like, (laughs) like he's had it with this guy. He's, he's done, especially now for him seeing what he has done to that legacy after everybody saw him in broad daylight, seeing the shield covered in blood. Like, you know, there's a line later where Bucky really explains what that shield means to him and why he is holding it so close and why it hurt him that Sam would you know, give that up. Uh, the shield means more to Sam than just, you know, Steve's gone. Um, yeah, he he's sick of this guy. He He's tired of him. And that's just a, a huge push for him to see what that now represents. So, you know, Harrison, you said that you, you know, the cinematography and everything, this fight, I do like it. I think when Falcon is in his suit, Boy, he's got some clever fight moves, and it's it is really well choreographed. I like this mini fight a lot. I, I thought there was some very interesting and fresh ideas with the suit. Um, what did you think about that portion of this segment? Yeah, I that, I mean, talk about introductions to an episode. I mentioned cinematography, and I think that's just from the get go, it was outstanding. It, it caught my eye, and I paid attention to it, and. It's really easy for cinematography when watching something like a movie where cinematography is absolutely necessary to just kind of like just be – it's like it's like the words on the page. It's just the tool necessary to get the information into your brain. But to, to be something that you pay attention for, I really like. But also what you said, I love that, that Sam – right? Bucky's a super soldier. He's got a vib- – I have a vibranium arm. Uh, and then Wyatt Russell or John Walker, he's – Captain America probably has the super soldier series. And Anthony Mackie, he's just a human. Uh, he was a guy who was on a jog who got roped into all of this. And now look at him. And I love that he, it shows his intellect, that he's not just some grunt out there swinging his fists at everybody, that he's fighting with intellect and, and tactics, whether it's using his suit and his wings in a, in a specific way. Uh, and even like you mentioned, going in with talking things down first. It, it, it just shows me a lot that he's, perfect for the role of captain america because he's gonna honor that legacy through his his deed but also in a fight if it ever gets to that point which he'll do everything he can to avoid he's gonna use his intellect and not just brute force and i I just love such a simple thing that adds to the character through a fight scene rob what are what are your thoughts on the fight scene um i know walker does that line that you don't really like you mentioned it a little bit earlier there but what are your overall thoughts on 
this that portion of this scene and how that ends. I loved it. I think that's um, I've talked about this in the past, certainly with uh, with regard to how they choreograph action scenes for Ant-Man. But when when they do things that are unique, when they're really thinking about, okay, we have this character who either has this ability or this piece of technology that allows him or her to do this. What would it really look like if if this person were to fight and and not just have a fight scene and occasionally they fly or they change size or whatever, but truly integrate it as though they've been training in a specific discipline of martial arts that that based it around this movement style. Um, that's really to me when the action scenes of the MCU shine brightest. And I think this opening, you know, it's, it's not a long scene, but I, I really think this highlights that incredibly well. It's, it's so creative what they do with it. And I, and to, to Harrison's point, um, it, it just reminds me again, watching these three guys in this fight, it really shows you what courage the character of Sam has as just a simple human to be going up against guys who are super soldiers who could crush his throat with their bare hands very easily. He would not be able to stop them. There is no amount of just physical training he can do to stop that from happening. And yet he still puts himself in there to do what he thinks is right. Um, I just think it really shows the courage of somebody like Sam who is just a human. And and yes, he's got the flight suit, but um, he continues to put himself in that position. and, And I think it's fantastic. There are two moments um, after the fight is over that I think are just absolute phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal moments. Um, Bucky gets up, the fight's over and he tosses the shield to Sam and it's, there's a million things that are conveyed in that moment that are not spoken. And what really occurs to me, Sebastian Stan, as we've said, has been fantastic throughout this entire series. He's awesome some of his most impactful moments, some of his best character moments have often been when he's saying almost nothing or is absolutely saying nothing at all. And that is so incredible to think about. Like he says no dialogue and just conveys a ton of emotion and a ton of of communication with no words as he just walks away and tosses in the shield. Like it's, there's blame, there's, there's accusations there, there's regret, there's all of these things that I, I read in that moment. And then Sam picks it up and he tries to wipe the blood and the brain matters, pieces of skull or sternum, wherever, wherever it actually hit. And he tries to wipe it off the symbol, not necessarily that he's trying to clean the shield per se, but he's trying to get the blood off the symbol of Captain America. And, and as he's doing that, you, you look at what Anthony Mackie is doing and the emotion that is on his face. Again, he's saying nothing, but just, you know, it, it reads with sorrow. It reads with regret. He feels responsible in that moment for what has happened, what he, what he did that allowed the shield to be associated with this terrible murder is really what it is. Um, those two moments with no dialogue were so powerful and I absolutely loved it. We get this great fight scene and then it follows right up with those two moments, just right back to back. Um, it's why I love the series. Yeah. I mean, that's, those are just all really, really great points. And 
you know, it, it's not directly, but one thing that I'd like to talk about here is because he's not in this episode very long, but I I can't really like not talk about this any further. And that's Zemo. Now, I've heard a lot of people talk about how they felt this was very unceremonious for him. And it kind of felt like a waste if this is the last we see of him for a while. I felt extremely different about Zemo's exit from this show and the way that it happened. I really appreciated Zemo and his willingness to accept whatever Barnes was going to do to him. He even tells him that. And I felt like there was almost a, you know, we're never going to be friends, but we both like there's a respect and an understanding of what had happened, you know, and they're both just trying to figure out a way now to be in a world that some of it, they didn't have a say in, you know, uh, Bucky didn't really have a say in becoming the winter soldier. He was taken after, you know, the first Avenger Zemo was trying to, from what we know, just live a normal life as a family man with a wife and kids. And those were taken from him and he was left to, you know, live in a world where it seemed when those things happen, it kind of gets swept under the rug in a manner of, well, yeah, but everybody could be gone, so to speak. And, you know, he felt that the Avengers are bad. <laughs> super soldiers are bad. And I liked it. So, Rob, what are your what are your thoughts on Zemo and how he exited the show and just that scene? Because I honestly, for some reason, I felt so much emotion with it. I I enjoyed it. Um, I liked the fact that it wasn't what I was expecting. I was thinking a hundred things were going to happen and didn't predict at all that what we actually did get was what would happen. I love that when Bucky pulls the trigger. <clears throat> um, Zemo doesn't even blink. He just accepts it at the end of uh, civil war. which actually, I just rewatched the tail end of it the other day. My kids had wanted to see it um, again because of, of how interested they've been in this show and, and the characters and, and kind of the things that happened as a result of it. So they, they wanted to rewatch it. And I happened to catch probably the last half hour, 45 minutes of it. And uh, you know, this dude, he was, you know, whatever, like, he had already lost everything that that a man could lose. A man with a family could lose. Uh, his own life meant nothing to him at that point. Um, so you know, it was nice to kind of see that still carried through and still accurate to the character. It's just like, listen, man, shoot me or not, whatever. Like you're not going to do anything to me that's worse than what I've already lived through. Um, and the Dora Milaje come in, take him away. He's going to the raft. Uh, Matt, I really liked what you talked about. That just there's. It's a weird acknowledgement of one another. You know, you're right. Yes, they're never going to trust one another per se. Um, they they might. It's it's that idea that the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and the the friend of my enemy is is my friend or is my enemy. You know, like yes, they might have mutual enemies, but that in this case doesn't necessarily make them friends. They might have been willing to partner for a short period of time, but ultimately, it's just you know there, there's certain 
non-negotiables between the two of them. They're never going to see eye to eye on ideology and specific ideologies that are just complete deal breakers. Um, it's hard to think that this is the last we've seen of Helmut Zemo overall. Uh, I, I think um, there's been a lot of chatter about people excited for a potential Thunderbolts spinoff, possibly a show, possibly a movie. Um, there's certainly been conjecture that they're setting the stage for that to happen, uh, which, by the way, if they want to do it, I'd sign me up. I'll be happy to record Monday nights every time they issue a new episode talking about it. I'll be jazzed up as all hell for it. Um, it's hard to think, though, that they bring him back. They give him some great moments. They, gr- they write a great show, and then we never see him again. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I hope it's not the last that we've seen of him because he – his performance just grew on me. Um, like you said, that little acknowledge, just the nod between the two of them. Again, I don't know why, but like it just, it really hit me. Um, Harrison, you you always talk about how, you know, you, you'll get emotional during some of these shows. So I'm really curious, like, how did that scene hit you? Um, you know, did you feel emotion towards that scene? Because I, I don't know why, but I just, I, I did. Yeah, I, I really did. Uh, it the first thing that I immediately thought of was in the previous episode where uh, I mentioned this in passing, kind of that that Sam and Zemo they're sitting in their little hotel or wh- wherever it is they're staying before the Dora Milaje come in, before John Walker comes in, and then Zemo runs off on his own, and Sam and Zemo are having this conversation, and one of the things that Sam says is, "If this is r- really how you feel, what about Bucky?" And Zemo doesn't respond. And I felt like that was a continuation of that, at least in my mind, that that it going both ways, that Zemo has learned to accept Bucky because clearly he, in a way, accepted Captain America. He, we kind of talked about that earlier as well, that he says something about how Captain America wasn't corrupted. And I think that he realizes that Bucky is someone who was corrupted, but not by his own choosing. And what he has been choosing to do is to do everything he can to uncorrupt himself, which is, I think, really amazing and why I feel so much emotion towards that character. And so I love that for the character of Zemo, but I also love the other way around that Bucky, in that moment, chose to uncorrupt himself by, you know, showing Zemo, you know, giving Zemo what he deserves, but also giving him mercy. And that weird combination that all of us are trying to figure out for ourselves and I love that Zemo replied by saying I did the liberty or did the favor, whatever word he says, of marking my name off in your book. And I think that that for them is is the end, that they don't need to harbor any type of feeling for one another, that, that Bucky can rest easy knowing that he has fixed whatever wrong Zemo was a part of. And I think that there's just kind of like a mutual respect for one another, that the two of us are never going to agree because we've had completely different experiences, but we can respect one another in our differences. I I loved it uh, between the two of them. The just everything that you guys have already mentioned. I I don't want to repeat it because I I feel like it's just so. That was the other thing I liked about it is it wasn't drawn out. That this was short and sweet, and it let it be that much more uh, impactful. As far as Zemo going off, I it made sense to me in the character. Whether it means something with the Thunderbolts or not, I I don't know. I. I, th- I would guess so because why waste the great talent of Daniel Bruhl with the great job he's been doing with Zemo? But also, it makes the most sense. Like, like 
at least in the MCU, I don't think Zemo is some like outright evil villain who wants to do bad in the world. His motives in Civil War was a little bit of just emotional revenge towards people he thought had done him wrong, and then he was going to peace out, and he was he was done for. In this, he just kind of came back because he felt a particular passion towards super soldiers. He's not interested in in running away, right? He escaped in that fight that they had with right. John Walker, and and he could have gone anywhere, and he chose to go to a place that he cares about where he clearly knew that they could find him, and I think that that was on purpose, that he's not interested in being some super villain on the run forever, that he he's did his part, and now he's willing to pay his dues, and I think because he stands so much on the side of justice, he's okay with that. Yeah, it's it's great. I love it, and you know, I, I'd like to get back because I think the conversation with Sam and Bradley, uh, I, I think it deserves a lot of time dedicated to it. So I'd like to go back to Walker and get your guys' thoughts on, you know, the scene where he's getting dressed down in court. And I understand that the government is like, we can no longer have anything to do with you. You have no benefits. You're stripped of your medals and everything like that. And again, I just, I thought his performance in this scene where, you know, going back to the first Avenger and talking to Steve Rogers and saying, I'm not looking for a good soldier, but a good man. And Steve was a good man first before he was, a good soldier and Walker. The only thing that we really knew about him is he was a good soldier. He was a perfect soldier, but what happens when you're a soldier? Well, you're fighting for your life. You're fighting for the life of people that are close to you. Um, that, you know, obviously I've never been a soldier, but, you're fighting with these guys and maybe any day could be your last. So you're going to grow an attachment and he loses that guy. And he tells them like, I've only ever done what you've asked me to do. And now you're throwing me away. Like you made me like this. And when I act on the way that you made me now, I'm not good enough. And I just thought he was perfect again in this. And you know, his, his, his anger, his resentment, his sadness of how everything that he's worked for, like now he has nothing, everything that he identified as because his wife's there with him. But to me, you don't even get any acknowledgement of the fact that like, not that he doesn't love her. Cause I'm not saying that, but like all we know about this guy is he identifies as being a soldier. Like he, that's what he knows how to do. And now he's the poster child for a soldier as Captain America. So now what does he do? Everything that he ever had in his life is gone. And like I said, anger, sadness, resentment, denial. You see all of it in that scene. I love it. I think he's so good. I can't stress that enough. Harrison, I'll go to you first. I, I can't get enough of him in this episode. Yeah, I, I agree. I This moment, of all things that could have gone horribly wrong, that was definitely one. Uh, if I was a writer in the writing room, I would kind of avoid this situation because I'd be worried that 
it wouldn't be able to be carried the right way. Uh, and to have the confidence to be able to do that from a writing standpoint, from an acting standpoint, and to have it go across so well is something that I really love. And I've been thinking about that scene a lot because I, I think kind of along the lines of what you said is that it's so much that I don't understand. I've never been a soldier and that's got to be so horrible. Like, uh, John Walker isn't a great guy. Okay. Let me clear that first. <laughs> he is not a good guy. But in that moment, I genuinely felt bad for him because there is honesty in what he said that he followed their mandates. He has lived their life, his life according to those mandates. And how do you go contrary to that when suddenly those mandates are against you when you were following them? Like that is just, oh, that's that's a bummer and a half right there. Uh, well acted. And I love the lack of acknowledgement towards his wife. Like if they wouldn't have flat out said that they were married, I would have just like guessed that she was more of like his assistant or something. Uh, and just the way that everything was handled. And, and I think it is compelling the motivations that, the character from the comics that John Walker goes on to be with U.S. agent, making those very, very realistic and uh, showing. Yeah, I just the the complexity of, of all of this, that in government, there's a lot that we hope to like. There's a lot that we hope in and hope for. But it sometimes it, it seems like there's a lot that there's just to not like. At least that's my experience with it. I can't speak for everybody. And I think that it's just kind of interesting that it's showing just the general grayness to just kind of every side of it. That no matter what side uh, you're on of, of anything, I'm not just like talking about like American politics, it's just like on sides of, of any side you're in and of anywhere, that, as generic as you can get, uh, there's a lot of difficulty in everything, in every uh, creed that you identify with. Uh, just interesting topics to talk about that I obviously clearly don't have all the answers for, if you can tell in my horrible speech of it. But it's, yeah, amazing performance from Wyatt Russell. And it, it makes me excited for the character of U.S. agent because I know how much of a bad guy he's going to be now. Like, it excites me for like, oh, he's been burned. And he's the wrong guy to get burned. I can't wait for him to, to come back. You know, I'm excited. Yeah, Rob, what are your feelings on that portion? Um, so last week, you know, we, we started talking about what was going to happen for this week. And one of the things that I remember, uh, talking about a little bit was that I was worried that somehow they were going to try to write the Senate hearing or, or whatever, you know, congressional, uh, panel he was going to get called in front of, and somebody was going to try to excuse his behavior, or there was going to be factions of, you know, certain political groups that, that would try to side with him or make excuses for him. And I'm glad we didn't see that because I think that would have been, you know, maybe some lazy screenwriting. Um, I, I really, it, it was very compelling to me to watch a man who thought maybe he was going to get a medal, you know, and he got completely dressed down. He had his whole world ripped away from him to, to say the rug was pulled out from underneath him, which was certainly a, uh, um, an understatement. I think at worst, he thought maybe he'd get a slap on the wrist when really in terms of what we've already seen from this character, you know, think back to when he and Lamar are talking about what they had to do in Afghanistan. Um, it almost kind of sounds like maybe there was war crimes committed. Um, they got, they earned those medals and they talked about the things they had to do for them. Um, maybe they weren't necessarily war crimes, but there was definitely things they had to do. Um, 
that they're not exactly sleeping well at night when they think about them. And to him, I think he viewed this as very similar. You know, they made him Captain America. They sent him out into the world with basically no oversight. The dude runs his own missions. He can, you know, he makes his own call how he wants to do things. It doesn't really seem like he reports to anybody. And he watched his best friend get murdered. Um, so he responded. He took out the enemy combatant. This is this is a member of an organization that's that murdered a whole building of people. Um, and he saw that person as an enemy combatant. And in his mind, the rules of engagement dictate, I can take this guy out. So he did. And his only real mistake was getting caught. Uh, if this happens outside of the, the realm of camera phones, um, he's still Captain America. He's, he's able to go on with his life. Um, but his biggest mistake was getting caught. And certainly the black eye that that gives to the United States is something they couldn't, they couldn't stand by. And to watch that, that happen to him um, and his confusion and anger and all of those complex emotions where now he has to think about going to a civilian life that he doesn't know how to have. Um, what does that actually look like when, when that's taken away? Um, it was very interesting um, and, and really leads to a very interesting proposition that I'm sure we're going to get to next. Yeah. I mean, right after he, you know, walks out of the courtroom, uh, we get a surprise cameo, which I absolutely knew nothing about. And I was kind of speechless and in love and laughing and a hundred different things um, within that scene. And the cameo comes from uh, Julia Dreyfus, who plays Elaine on Seinfeld. I think that's what would she, she would be most known for uh, one of my favorite TV shows of all time. And she was fantastic. Uh, I thought it was great. It certainly nods to things that if you are a fan of the comics, you know, certainly where this road might lead. But again, it's, it goes to show Disney. This is somebody who I never in a million years would have said, yeah, give her a cameo or give her a part or cause it seems like she might have more to do with this. I never would have guessed her in a million years and whoever is in charge kudos because I thought she nailed it. Rob, I'll, I'll let you go first on that. She crushed it. Um, she walks in, she just starts talking. She doesn't stop talking until she walks away and completely. I was riveted the whole time. Like, Holy crap. What direction is this thing spinning? Like, how is this is she a new, you know, big bad? Is she a, a, a you know, a, a small like mini boss, you know, before you get to the end level? Like, who is she going to be? What is what is this character showing up mean for us? But but yeah, to, to say that Julia Dreyfus uh, did well is a vast understatement. Give me give me much more of this character. I am so, so, so excited to see what we get next, because um certainly it's impossible to think that this is 
you know, we only see her this week and maybe next week and then not much else. Um, this is somebody who's going to play into the next, you know, phase of, of the MCU most likely. And I couldn't be more excited about it because this is a character I'm very interested in, uh, portrayed by an actress that just lights it up. Yeah. Uh, Harrison, what were, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I forgive me. I don't watch a lot of TV. I mainly just watch movies. So I had no idea who the actress was when she showed up. But man, she like stole my attention as far as like acting portrayal goes. Uh, since it seems like everybody's just like really excited about it. And I guess it's just because I'm living under a rock. But uh, <laughs> either way, even not knowing that, she, that the person there was significant, that just like knowing like, okay, this is just an actor was doing a phenomenal job. I thought she was great. I I don't really remember the character of Valentina uh, since, uh, like everybody else in the world, I went to Marvel.com and read about her like everyone else. M- most people watching this show did. Uh, but reading about her, I kind of remembered some comics I had read when I was younger. I just didn't remember at all. But that, all of that aside, she stole that scene. And I was like, well, why, why, why is she leaving? come back like the, the, the <laughs> absolute like minimal amount of information i had about everything happening in that scene from the person portraying the character to the actual character to what it meant moving forward anything i was like the most out of loop anybody could get and i didn't want it to stop and she did a great job and i i i think that they're from what i've read on you know on marvel.com where i come up with all my great ideas i'm really excited to see what's gonna happen yeah um just overall just there's so much about this episode i said it in the spoiler free portion to me this is the best episode the show has done by leaps and bounds and i i guess maybe i'd like to get my only complaint out of the way because again i think the next couple of topics have a lot to go into. And I think maybe once one of us gives our opinion, then somebody might have a chime in and then they give theirs. And I think there's a lot that can just continue to go back and forth. But Harrison, I'm going to ask you this first, because again, you have stated how much you're a fan. I once again, Carly for me had no screen presence. Again, I, cannot get behind her presence. I don't think, I don't know what it is, but it has nothing to do with the actor. For me, it just feels, and maybe it was because everything else was so good that this just felt like a real afterthought. But once again, I thought her character was the low point of this episode for me. So I know that you really like the actress and I know you've been a fan of the character, but five episodes in and I still can't get behind her. You know, I think that you said it really well and fairly. Uh, I am a huge fan of Aaron Killingman. I think that she is doing the best, like, like she's making a really bland character that much better for me. And I think that the, the facade is falling with this episode where, it felt just like, okay, she's here. She's the antagonist. We need to progress the antagonist to the big season finale. All right, so let's just like shoehorn in the scene. Antagonist, okay, the team's getting towards the finale. Okay, moving on to more important stuff. That That's really what it felt like. 
I do. I will continue to sing praises to Eric Kilman. I think she's doing like way more with a really bland character than other people could. Uh, but I do agree that, especially in this episode, is kind of falling apart. And those scenes felt, you know, just kind of the arbitrary. Yo, just in case you forgot, here's the bad guy. Okay, back <laughs> to more important things. Right, Rob. What What are your thoughts on that on that subject? Um, I kind of feel very similar in that I think she's doing the best she can with what she has to work with. So, so I think the actress is doing a, a compelling job um, to give you an idea of how little the scene that we saw Carly this week actually impacted me. I don't have a single note I wrote down about any of those scenes. Like I just, I didn't write anything down. I didn't particularly find anything remarkable where I thought, Oh, this is, this is a compelling thought, or this is interesting, or I liked this a lot, or I didn't really care for this. Uh, I, I literally wrote nothing down because it just, it, you know, kind of like Harrison said, it's, it's just kind of, okay, we're moving, we're moving the plot along. It, to some extent, I find Carly to be a compelling villain in that she does have um, certainly some justification for why she feels the way she feels and, and the extent to which she's taking it. Um, but we've, you know, we've kind of seen some of that before. I, I'm not really sure how different she is uh, of a villain uh, compared to maybe what we've seen in other film, television, comics, video games, books. You know, I, I don't, I'm, I'm trying to really think about what actually makes her different from anything we've ever seen before. And I kind of struggle with that. Yeah, I, I think that's, you know, very, very good points. And one character who did have some interest to me, but again, a very small part is Sharon Carter and small role, but she seems to be a little bit more on the side of not evil. That sounds cheesy, but she, she definitely seems to be in deeper than what I thought she was. And I, I don't know if you guys read the one report, but if you read the one like recap and they talked about listening to the episode with subtitles, it's very clear who she was talking to on the phone, which was interesting because it turns out to be George, um, who is played by George St. Pierre, who's returning from the winter soldier and was in um, the first episode, but she's recruiting him for a job. So, you know, what are your thoughts on where Sharon Carter goes? Cause again, we only have one episode left uh, Harrison. Cause I know you, you know, never want to do a theory again because you were so <laughs> wrong. Um, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? And how far down the rabbit hole is she? Do you think? Yeah, thank you for asking me. What's funny is that right when you were talking about this, I have Disney Plus pulled up on my laptop to just kind of like refresh my scene. I kind of just scrub through the scenes. I have subtitles on and I clicked on the scene and it's paused and it literally says Batrock speaking French. For, for yeah. on the phone. So <laughs> totally gives it away. Uh, but as far as Sharon Carney goes, I, I think that the thing is I'm having to tame my expectations. I've learned from WandaVision. Is she the power broker? She very well could be. I, if there's a reveal this season where that happens, <laughs> cool. I'm all here for it. If it doesn't happen, I don't need it. You know, right? There's so much else that I'm way more interested in this episode that I'd way prefer to see in this, this final episode. Uh, I think she's definitely involved in the power broker. Is she the power broker or is she just a, a, 
a front for it. I'm not sure. Um, but I also think that it'd be cool. I have this kind of side theory going on that, uh, I don't know, maybe she's like some triple agent, you know, doing something, you know, where who knows? I, I don't know. I haven't put too much work into it just because like that scene was like 30 seconds and I totally forgot about it until right now when he brought it up. Uh, so yeah, I, I haven't gone too far down that rabbit hole. Not necessarily like intentionally to follow my role or my rule, excuse me, uh, <laughs> of not making theories. Um, but just that I, I just forgot. I was thinking about other things. Yeah. Rob, what are, what are your thoughts on her? Um, so when I, I saw it the first time, um, you know, and heard the, the voice in the phone, I, I recognize that as being GSP um, just from all the years that I was like a, the, the years that I was the biggest massive MMA fan you can imagine were, were pretty much George's most dominant years. So like, I, you know, his accent, I used to do a pretty good impression of. So I, I heard the voice and I recognized it. And um, so that, you know, I, I, I thought was interesting. Like why? Is she, so this dude's definitely a terrorist and she's definitely working with him and, and kind of hiring him for things. Um I still think Ralph Boner is the uh, is the power broker, and she reports to him. But uh... <laughs> it would make sense. So, all right, uh, guys, I, I don't think really we can go any further here, and let's talk about Sam and Bradley. Um, I I think this is where we really can get into this. So we kind of talked about this where it's hard to talk about this scene a little bit and like not hard to talk about it, but we don't have the perspective of these two characters and how can we truly relate to what this means to them um, and why Bradley would obviously think that Nobody should be Captain America. Um, he certainly says a self-respecting black man would not take the shield and why Sam would think that you should take the shield. So Harrison, I'll let you go first. Where do you stand on this? And you know, this, this scene, I was just kind of in awe Um I didn't really know what to do after this scene ended. I actually paused the episode for a minute. So where were you with this? And, you know, a couple days later, what are your thoughts on what this meant and just the, the wide range that this showed? Yeah, I, I love first I have to mention is how much it, that one scene continued to be mentioned throughout the rest of the episode that between Sam and Sarah, she kept saying, well, don't let what Isaiah said affect you, or, or I don't remember the exact line. But I love that you could tell that that there's it's clearly weighing on Sam's mind. Um, and he probably even talked to Bucky about it, because some of the things that Bucky says later, you can tell that that type of thing is on his mind. But as far as the, the, the scene, I was really scared when this series started and it started to handle topics of race that political topics in pop culture is hard because you can go too far one way and you're inconsiderate and you go too far the other way and you're woke meaning like you're just kind of doing it because it's popular you know it, it's oh look at us you know we're all inclusive when like none of it feels genuine if you know what i mean 
Um, and I was worried that Disney would fall kind of on the sides that, at least in my opinion, it kind of tends to and being woke in a really annoying way. And I was worried that something that could be done so well with the characters and with the opportunity they're in right now would be handled really badly. Then it hasn't been. It's ha- been handled extremely well. Uh, and I, th- I can't remember who said it when we were in the, spo- the spoiler-free section, saying how it doesn't feel like I'm being preached at. It doesn't feel like they're telling me who to vote for or how to vote or how to believe about things. It feels like they're just being fair to ex- real experiences that individuals have had on from every perspective. And that's why it, it's scary for me to talk about, but also easy for me to talk about is because I feel like I don't have to preach. I can just recognize like, man, it is good that things like this aren't taboo. Like if we can get this openness in a TV show, like a huge main, really popular TV show, I'm all for that. And I think that it's really, really cool just as far as like an idea goes, just ideologically. Why can I never say that word? It like doesn't come off my tongue right. (laughs) Anyway, as far as in the show goes, I thought it was great that something that my wife and I, and I'm going to jump ahead a little bit to when Sam Bucky talked, but just barely. Something that my wife and I were talking about earlier today is that I don't really believe that there's much in life that we can do that affects anything retroactively like anything we we say things like this all the time like oh i gotta make up sleep or i gotta burn off those calories i had on my last vacation or whatever it is like there's a lot of mentality there's like there we can fix things retroactively at least in my opinion i don't think there's much where we can actually do that it what we can do is we can fix things moving forward and i love just the way that everything with race and prejudice and and suffering and inequality was handled that uh, are there some serious things that were wrong and have been handled extremely wrongfully towards individuals have they been affected yes but somebody no matter what your race is now what no matter what your position is captain america or otherwise there genuinely isn't much that you can do retroactively for those individuals besides just being a good human to them and caring about what they went through no matter what that is, and that you can do something better moving forward. And I love how that conversation kind of affects Sam, that it makes him wonder, you know, how do I handle this situation? And I love that he kind of has a mentality that I want to be what people say that I can't or that I shouldn't uh, because it's a moving forward type mentality instead of, you know, uh, it's not like, shaking fists at the sky type of thing. It, it's a, an active, good mentality. And I, I just loved it. And I loved both of the actors did a phenomenal job that I thought was just extremely well handled in every way. Yeah. Rob, uh, where do you stand on this scene? Um, it's, take it away. Um, yeah. We haven't, prior to this show particularly, we've gotten really nothing like this in the MCU so far. They've tried to stay away from a lot of this kind of stuff because it does tend to get people um, to react in in very specific ways. Um, I I think that most people really don't want to be preached to. Um, I think if you have a, a compelling conversation with a friend of yours, maybe they feel one way about this issue and you feel a different way and, and you trust one another to have an open conversation around it. You, you can do those things, but um, to present some of these ideas through art um, 
in, including television, um, I think gives a, a unique way of presenting these perspectives that somebody who may not necessarily have lined up with these ideas will will have the opportunity to to have their perspectives and their horizons broadened. Maybe they don't really change their opinion in their in their heart of hearts, but they're at least more open to understanding it. Um, you think about just the idea of of patriotism and the symbols of the United States and how people in the black community might feel differently about those things based on their own experiences. Um, that's a topic that's been in the news a little bit over the last several years. Um, you might've heard something about this, something in the NFL and yeah, maybe have, maybe have it. Um, and through the character of Isaiah, we have somebody who has the opportunity to present his perspective um, based solely on his own experiences. And it, it presents a very compelling, thought-provoking uh, opportunity to understand why somebody might feel that way. Whether or not you agree or disagree with his, his statement is up to you to decide how you feel about it. But to at least understand why somebody might feel this way, um, I, you, can, you can change hearts and minds um, a lot more through art than you can by screaming in their face and calling them racist for not immediately believing the way you believe um, or not immediately decrying this or decrying that. Um, it, it was it was truly a compelling scene. Um, I really just came away from it appreciating both of these actors, um, appreciating the screenwriters for tackling this. Um, Again, thinking about how this could come across, if you if you swing, Harrison spoke about it really really nicely. You know, you can you can swing too far one way or another. I also think you can swing in a certain direction and come across as preachy, and then you can also pull your punch too much, and people who wanted to hear that that perspective will feel like you didn't do enough or or you caved to this special interest or that special interest in it. And it was a hollow scene um, and it meant nothing. And it, and it ultimately didn't tell a good story. Um, I, I was very impressed with what they did. And, and again, it, it didn't come across as trying to beat anybody over the head with how they should or shouldn't feel. It's simply presenting a perspective based on a fictional character's real life experience. Um, Again, I, I, I just have to say it again. I found the conversation to be incredibly compelling. Yeah, I I mentioned it. I thought, Rob, that's such a great way to put it is, at least for me, um, and again, I will never have a perspective that these two characters presented. Um, you just, you know, I never can. But it, it did feel like, you know, it wasn't like, well, we want to talk about it, but we're we're only going to stick our toe in, you know, in the water. We're not diving in because, okay, my toe's wet, and that's that's good enough for me. Um, it, it felt like they really they found the dead center of where they wanted to be, what they wanted to address. Um, like I said, I paused it after that scene was over and just really stopped and like really thought about that. And it was just so well done. I had a lot of conversations with people about that scene that, you know, I, I'm still 
thinking about, because again, like my perspective, just I'll never know what that's like because I'm never the person that has gone through that. So it was just so well done. It was very emotional. And, you know, again, I'll, I'll applaud Disney for saying we, we won't shy away from that. And I think they did an excellent job with it. So it, it'll be, it just, it made me anticipate though, you know, obviously we're talking about spoilers. Look, we all know what's coming with Sam. Um, it again, I, I did not think I would want a Captain America as soon as this, but I am just, I am at my breaking point for seeing Sam take this rollover. Like, I want this. It feels so deserved. It feels like it's just, I am waiting for this to happen. And it's like just a moment where you have certain things where you'll get emotional, you'll get energetic. This is one of those things for me where I feel like I legitimately will be like audible when he comes up on screen. You know, we certainly think at the end of the episode, he's getting like, he's looking at the costume, but I am so ready for this that it's, I'm just like bursting at the seams, so to speak, with anticipation for him to, you know, take over the legacy that Steve thought, you know, he's the best person to really make people come together and show what this symbol can mean. I don't know if you guys have anything you just want to add to that. So I'm just, I'm taking a second. Yeah. I'm uh, I want to, I want to talk about something that happens slightly in the episode. I didn't really catch it on the first watch through on the second one. I picked up on it. It was, it was mystified how I missed it. Um, at least to the extent when Sam picks up the shield and walks away from his wings, that mm. was a conscious decision that again, I didn't really pay attention to it the first time because you, you don't really, you know, we don't have the benefit of knowing where the episode's going. When you watch this a second time, and, and for anybody who's listening, I'm going to assume most people probably don't watch these twice like we do. Um, or if it's the Snyder Cut like Matt, you're actually watching it right now in the background because, you you know, you're on your like 75th watch through of it. <laughs> um, but um, when he, he makes the decision, he picks the shield up and walks away. And there is definitely a burden on him at that moment. I feel like he knows he's going to assume the mantle. I almost feel like the scene with Isaiah later is him not necessarily asking permission, but having to understand the perspective of somebody who would reject that idea, who would reject that mantle and try to win him over, try to understand what do I need to do as Captain America to earn this person's belief that a person who looks like I do can be this symbol. Um, he, he walks away, you know, from the wings. He's, he's going to become Cap. He's going to leave behind the role of Falcon. He's leaving behind the sidekick role. He's going to bear the full burden of the mantle. He knows now he has a responsibility to his country and to his community to fulfill this role. Um, it, on a second watch through, um, that just reads so 
so much more in that scene. And again, we've talked about it a couple of times, but sometimes the most powerful moments of this series so far have been in things that have not been done through dialogue. Um, I, I would really encourage anybody go back and rewatch just that portion of it. It's like 30 seconds, maybe. And you'll see what I mean. Um, it's very powerful. Yeah. Harrison, any uh, follow-up thoughts that you'd like to chime in with? Yeah, I uh, I was reading a review on IMDb. Well, first, actually, I'm say I love what you had to say, Rob. I hadn't realized that before, so thank you for pointing that out. But I was reading a review on IMDb. I don't remember where it is. I just tried to find it about the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Whether it's about the series or an episode, I'm not sure. But somebody was saying something. They were about the episode. I don't remember if they liked it or didn't like it. But the thing I do remember was at the end they said, "Please, Disney, keep the politics out of it." And it was for an earlier Ugh. episode, and. The thing is, and I'm going to kind of put my neck out on the line here, but hear me out. Uh, I immediately felt a little bit of empathy for that person because I used to be a lot like them. I just hated everything politics, no matter what side it was on, that if it was went into my media, it annoyed me. I didn't, I didn't want to – when I turned on my media, I didn't want to think about real-world problems. And I was annoyed if, when real things – transverse that line and came in and I, I just didn't like it. And so I felt like a little bit of empathy for that person. Like, Oh man, like that's sad that he's not able to get behind these good things that are happening in the show. I kind of felt bad that he was missing out on the goodness that was happening. And, but I was also kind of worried like, Oh no, I hope Disney like doesn't upset this one person. I don't know why I suddenly started investing this one person that whoever it is that wrote this review. I don't know why these are just the feelings that I had that were going through my mind is that I didn't want a show that I was enjoying to be ruined for this other person who clearly had some specific opinions about it. All of that going forward to this episode. That was weeks ago. We get to this episode, and that moment happened between um, Sam and Isaiah Bradley, but then also later between Sam and Bucky. And by the end of it, I just thought, how can someone not be happy that these types of things are being handled and being handled this well? And I just, I, I cannot fathom how someone would be upset with this because it's just it's incredibly well done from everything that all you guys have said and i just i mean incredibly impressed that it that it's there that it's that i love the character of miles morales because the way that i related to him through civil war ii that i i learned something about race and about a difficulty that comes along with that by caring about a character and my love for that character is because i learned something through that character and i was hoping that that experience could be replicated again through something that felt as timely as falcon and the winter soldier and it is just it's replicated that feeling in it and i will care and i'm not just talking about race we've talked about race with sam or redemption with bucky and now i will care about these characters probably for the rest of my life. And I'll remember this season of television that I watched because of the things that I've learned, real world things that I learned. And I just am so impressed that I can add it to the, the short list of things uh, that I connect to in that way. And I, I'm just grateful that it's there and that it's handled so well, because like you guys said, it, it, it really could go, could have gone so many ways. You know, I think about Iron Man three and how that tried to handle issues of PTSD and mental health and just totally failed uh, in almost like a comedic way. And that, that it's just, wow, the way we've grown and, and it's great. You know, Harrison, I want to just touch touch on something that you had mentioned, you know, thinking about this, this guy and, and look, I think there's a lot of people who, 
who look at their entertainment, who look at, I'm going to sit down on a Sunday afternoon. It's one o'clock Eastern. It's time for kickoff. Um, or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to watch TV. I'm going to veg out. I'm our, our world is very divided. And I think that's putting it mildly. Um, it's become very us, us and them, right? Everything is black and white. And I don't mean that in terms of race. I mean, just, you know, it's, you're either with us or you're against us. You're, you're either them or you're us. Um, if you have an R in front of your voter registration, then you're a certain way. And, and if I have an R in front of my voter registration, then I like you and I hate them. Or, you know, or if I have a D in front of my voter registration and you have an R, then I hate you and you're an idiot and you're a racist or, and, and, and you think I'm a hippie or, or whatever it is. You know, like we're, we're so divided in that way that it's, it's hard to present these kinds of things because there, there are certainly people who don't who, who want to be able to keep those things because we're so we're so surrounded by it all the time it's so hard to avoid uh these kinds of things um that i i understand where a person like this person that you're talking about is coming from because much like you i sort of felt an extent of that myself where it's like listen when i when i want to watch tv I, if i'm looking for that type of content i'll go find it myself i'm going to choose this content because it, it's going to allow me the opportunity to forget about all that other stuff. There's a lot of terrible things happening in our world. I'd rather not watch something that reminds me about it and to have to be presented with it. You know, you're like, no, that's not, that's not what I'm looking for right now. If I want that, I'll go find it. Um, so yeah, I can, I can, I can empathize as well with that, but to, to talk about the story that's being told and again, thinking forward to the cliffhanger ending we get, um, when when we see Sam finally in whatever suit he's going to have, it's probably some kind of red, white, and blue version of, of Falcon. It's probably vibranium wings and him carrying the shield and him taking on and introducing himself as Captain America, let's say. You can't tell that story. You can't have that impact that it's going to have if you don't have this conversation between these two characters, it will not mean anything like what it'll mean if you don't address why that's going to mean something. Uh, I am very much looking forward to next week. Uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing superheroes punching supervillains in the face and, and getting a great resolution and, and seeing, you know, a, a great wrap up to this, this very compelling story. I'll tell you one of the things I'm looking forward to most, and I hope we get it. I have to feel we get it. I want to see Isaiah's reaction when he sees Sam as Captain America saving the day and being a, an icon, an inspiration to everybody all across America, certainly to people who look like Isaiah and Sam. I want to see that scene. I want to see his reaction um, cause I think that could be one of the most powerful moments of this whole series. Yeah. Uh, those are just, they're fantastic points. I, I think we will see that. And again, I'm just the anticipation for me of, of seeing him is just through the charts. So I, I cannot wait for that. And, you know, after that conversation, there's still some serious stuff that is talked about you you guys made like light of that with sam and his sister and sam and bucky 
but we get a little bit of of levity. We get a community coming together to help Sam's sister, um, to help them with the boat. You certainly you get Barnes <laughs> very clearly saying <laughs> hello to Sam's sister, very very che- very cheekily. Um, he knows what he's doing. You get the great look of Sam stopping and just turning his head around, like, "Why are you saying hi to her like that?" Um, and he, he clearly says it later, like, don't flirt with my sister. But, you know, again, it seemed like a very it. The transition was there. It didn't feel abrupt. It didn't feel like, oh, God, now we got to get away from this. Like, OK, we did this. Let's move. Um, it, it felt smooth. It felt like the episode flowed naturally. That was a problem that I had a little bit with some of these episodes is some things felt very abrupt, like it didn't have room to breathe and end organically. Uh, this was not one of those. It was really nice to see him go back, just kind of had, you know, these casual moments, spending time with the family and, you know, just enjoying working on something that meant a lot to him before ultimately, you know, he's making this decision. The only thing that really kind of was weird to me about that scene is he's throwing the shield with Barnes and he seems to be doing okay. He's throwing it. It's bouncing back. He's catching it. And then he has his Rocky montage and (laughs) it's, it's he's struggling with certain things with the shield and it just that felt a little out of place that like well wait a minute you were just throwing it seemingly as hard as you were and you seem to be struggling with it coming back to you so that felt a little bit odd but it overall again it just it it doesn't take away from just the you know it's it's building it's bubbling up in my stomach i feel it rising of like okay another step And here's another step. And, you know, he's running, which for some reason, again, like, I don't know what it was. Maybe I waited so long. Maybe it was because I watched it later at night, like watching him jogging. And I was like visualizing the fact that like Steve should have been passing him at any given time. Like, I don't know why it just (laughs) like, like it hit me. It made me a little bit emotional to think about the fact that like Steve's not there. Um, I like the levity that we got and how real it felt like this was a good place where we should get levity. Um, I know that's kind of combining really the, the final parts of the episode, but Harrison, what did you feel about that montage of the community coming together, his training and, you know, getting us to the, I'm opening the case moment. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll keep this brief because I know we're short on time. But to continue on with what Rob said, like, like there's heavy topics happening in the world, and I love that the episode was able to handle that. But then also transition to a little bit more of the common reality, right? It's not every single day in my life that I'm having intense conversations or experiences about these heavy conversations. You know, like I go to work and then I hang out with my family. I know, watch some movies, work on the podcast. You know, like life is good. I get together like just this Sunday. I got together with some family members and it was great. You know, like that that's life, right? Life has its ebbs and flow. And I thought the episode just did great with that. And and to also continue on what Rob said, when the new Captain America comes out and it's Sam in his new uniform, like that moment is gonna feel so good because it doesn't feel like, yay, 
specific side. Like, pick whatever side you want. Like, yay, this side of the row. It's like, yay, humanity. Like, just y- yay, yay. Like, it- it's just good. <laughs> that was really a cheesy yay. But, <laughs> like, it's just, you know, it just feels good. It feels hopeful. It feels uplifting. And, and I got this a very a smaller extent uh, from that where they're fixing the boat. It, it was just fun, right? Day-to-day life where good people are being good to each other. And who can't get behind that? And then we get the great Rocky montage that I, I do agree. When he missed the first time, I was like, what the heck? Why did he miss? Like, he was doing great earlier. No. Right. <laughs> and I, there was t- tons of times that I could tell it was a stunt double because his calves were so small compared to Anthony Mackie's. I don't know why I noticed <laughs> that. But every single time I saw the stunt double's calves, I was like, that guy is made of toothpicks. Um, <laughs> that's why I can do flips all over the place. So uh, it, it was a great scene. And I, and I also love – I just love this moment that – after Sam and Bucky have their talk and they're separating from each other, they're walking opposite directions. But for the first time, they're on the same path. And I, th- I just thought it was great cinematography and composition and, and what it can p- portray to my mind, that these two people have different experiences, different things that they've got to do, but they're on the same path. And I just loved it. I love that moment. And, and then, you know, to get the reveal, I'm glad that they didn't reveal what was in the case because it's going to make that next moment even better. I think getting mm-hmm. Isaiah's Bradley Bradley's reaction would be great. And if I can add a theory that I'm not supposed to have, this isn't so much something that like I'm expecting <clears throat> to happen, but just I would enjoy it if it happened. That we got like at the end, it can be the end credit scene. We got old man Chris Evans' reaction at home. He's watching TV and he sees Sam. I, I would love to just kind of get like his smile and that's it. Like like two seconds, just his smile. And I think that'd be an amazing period at the end of the story that we told. I don't think that's going to happen. Like I, I'm expecting it not to happen, but I just I'm going to imagine that it happened in my brain. All right, a uh, lot of good points there. I love the point about the, the walking on the same path. Rob, where do your your thoughts lie with this ending portion of the episode? Yeah, I think the uh, we get two kind of fun montages almost back to back. We have the the community coming together and cleaning and fixing the boat. You have the the great line, you know, why don't you use your robot arm? And he's like, it doesn't always occur to me because I'm right handed. Like it's just little little throwaway lines like that, you know, are just so funny throughout this series. Like when they're when they're making the escape in Madripoor and uh, and he says to him, "You're probably not going to move your seat forward, are you?" You know, just like yeah. little moments like that that are just kind of fun. You know, um, it just really witty writing. Um, the, you know, certainly there's a lot of buddy cop elements to this series, and uh, Mackie and Stan together are great. We've said it a bunch of times and somehow still not conveyed it strongly enough how great these guys are together, uh, how great they are individually. And and when you have them on screen together, I can't think of a single scene in this series so far where they've been on screen together and it hasn't been awesome, you know, where it's been anything but fantastic. Um, they're just, they're just great. Um and as great as some of the action scenes that we've gotten are, the verbal sparring we kind of get in that tough love scene where they're talking and, and they're kind of playing catch in the backyard with the shield, um, it might be the highlight of the series so far for me. Um, if I'm thinking back to what I'm going to remember, you know, that that scene um, was so well written, so well performed. Um 
it might be my favorite scene of this whole series so far that we've gotten. Um, I just, I, I loved it. I loved everything about it. And uh, yeah, it did seem a bit odd. Um, both times I watched it, it just, it stood very clearly out to me. Like I love this episode. If I'm going to nitpick, um, yeah, he, he goes from being able to catch it pretty easily with Bucky to all of a sudden now it's like, you know, smashing the porch and stuff. Like, I think that could have been set up a little bit differently and had it work a lot better. Yeah, certainly. Uh, you know, those tiny little things, you know, again, I I think we've all said it, they really are. It's, you know, just a quick little hiccup and like, all right, well, the rest of my day is great. Um, but you know, Harrison, I, I know where I stand on this. Where do you stand on this episode as a whole? How good is this episode to you? Ah, oh, five. Easy. I've been waiting. Five real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I loved every minute of it. There wasn't a moment where I was displeased, except for the moment when he threw his shield and when I realized that the cracks were falling around the character around Carly. But besides that, I totally forgot about those until we started talking about it. Uh, because the the topics, you know, real topics to the action to the fun, to the to just general enjoyment, technical enjoyment. Uh, it was all just, it was all there. Everything I could have wanted. Awesome. Quick, uh, a follow-up question, and maybe this is something, you know, maybe it's hard to think about it in this way, but we have two shows now, and we'll certainly have Loki. Is this the best episode out of what we've gotten so far from Disney plus with Marvel. Uh, I can confidently say yes, because I, I enjoyed WandaVision. I think WandaVision is amazing, but it definitely had its stumbling. And now that I'm getting, now that we're getting, not just me, now that we are getting Falcon and the winter soldier, uh, I realize how much more I can expect. I think I was a little easier on WandaVision because I was like, Oh, it's their first series, you know, be easy on him. It's Timmy. It's his first steps. But like, <laughs> no, like it's not. Uh, and I, I can, this is my favorite Disney plus MCU, whatever category that goes in, because there were episodes of WandaVision that I totally loved, but there were definitely ways that those episodes uh, had some lackings, that, that, whether it was a technical thing or, or whatever, just didn't uh, stick up to snuff as much as this episode did. Rob, same question to you, uh, both of them. Where do you rate this episode? And for you, is this the best of what we've gotten so far? Um, it's five reels out of five. Um, it's it's actually the third episode of this series that I've given five reels. But this one, I'd actually, I guess I'd have to give it 5.1 uh, to put it over the first two episodes that I enjoyed phenomenally. So, um, you know, thinking back to what is it, eight episodes, nine episodes of WandaVision, uh, certainly the mystery was a lot of fun uh, going week to week, trying to figure out what happened and why. Um, there were certainly episodes of that that I remember giving five reels to and, and we were, you know, just giddy uh, to, to kind of dive into and strategize what could possibly be happening and, and come up with theories and, and, you know, discuss what little little pieces of something might be just a, a nod or actually something. Um, this one, you know, there's, there's really no theorizing about who is, is going to be what other than maybe the power broker situation, um, and what Sharon Carter's really going to be doing. Um, 
this is the best episode uh, of MCU content that we've gotten on Disney Plus so far. Um, this stands up, I think, as an uh, just not just for the MCU on Disney Plus. This stands up as overall an excellent episode of television entertainment uh, overall. Um, I think you can put this up there with with anything you want to compare it to. It's going to make you laugh. It's going to make you think. Um, it's going to tell a compelling story. It's got great characters. It's got great acting. Um, and it's certainly, you know, as a penultimate episode, how much more hyped could you get for a season finale? I'm going to call it a season finale because I don't want it to be a series finale. How much more hyped could you get for this Friday than what we got last Friday or in Matt's case, Saturday night? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this again, I'm right there with you guys. This is easily five out of five for me. This is the best produced content that we have gotten so far from these shows. It certainly made you for me realize, and you guys have, you know, echoed some of these sentiments that, you know, this is what we can get from this content. These shows, these characters do not just have to be, it's a superhero it can be lighthearted and certainly some of that you're going to want mixed in, but it just goes to show you that whatever we thought we were going to get, I think has for me been blown out of the water. It showed me that these shows can be a lot more and these characters can be a lot more than what I thought they were going to give them, which I'm really appreciative for. And it just makes me so eager to see everything else that we're going to get for that from them because again they are to me they're hitting home runs and if the same people are working this roadmap then man how do you not just get excited about what you're going to get from disney from the mcu and and then it's like, oh, wait, we still have movies coming. Like, we have full-fledged <laughs> movies. So Yeah, we got um, a Shang-Chi teaser. Yeah, yes, we did. Um, just, man, it, it'll make me wonder, and I think this would be fun a fun topic for a future episode, that because we're getting so much of these characters in the TV shows, will the movies, certain ones, lose a little bit? Or will they gain because of how much extra we're getting? Um, I think that would be an interesting thing to maybe try and explore about, will some of the movies not feel, I don't know, maybe as big because it won't have as much character development as what we're getting in these shows. So maybe that's something for another time, but Rob, before we end this episode, I know, you know, again, I've always mentioned how you're just such a huge part of the show in general. Um, besides these episodes that, you know, I'm so happy to have Harrison on that we collaborate for. So I, I know you'd like to talk to the listeners about how they can contact the show. So, um, since you're such a big part of it, uh, would you mind doing the honors on that? Sure. Um, so absolutely. We, we love hearing feedback from anybody out there listening. Um, you know, tell us where you are in the world. Tell us where you are. If you know, if you're in the U S uh, hit it, hit us up on social media. Uh, you can certainly find, uh, the show on, on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, just search for Matt goes to the movies. Um, and the email address for the show is, is just basically Matt goes to the movies podcast, but just the, you know, the first initial. So it's, uh, you know, M G T 
TM podcast. Did, did I get that right at gmail.com? Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, and, uh, and, and certainly, you know, tell us where you are in the world. Tell us what you've liked. Tell us any theories or thoughts you have. Uh, are you with me and that you believe strongly that Ralph Boner is the power broker? Uh, <laughs> I'd love to hear from you if that's your theory as well. Um, you know, tell us what, what you'd like to hear covered next. Um, you know, or, or if there's something we missed, you know, tell certainly, certainly let us know about that. Um, it, you know, how did you feel about, the really heavy stuff we've been getting certainly over the last two weeks of this show. Do you feel that it was, do you like how Disney handled it? You know, we've all talked about how we felt like they, they really balanced it nicely. Um, did you agree? Did you disagree? Um, you know, we'd certainly love to hear any feedback you have, you know, get it, get the conversation started on social media and, uh, and we'll certainly chime in, uh, and respond. Um, but definitely I, uh, I want to hear Harrison plug, uh, his show, of course, but also the, uh, the really cool thing that pod chaser is, is doing. If, if, am I correct? Are they still running that Harrison? Yeah, it's the entire month of April. So super briefly on pod chaser where you can leave reviews on podcasts and on each individual episode, you can leave reviews. For every review that is submitted that's over 20 characters, Podchaser is donating 25 cents to uh, Meals on Wheels America Go Further Fund. And each reply that Matt or any podcast podcaster can give will double that donation. It's just a great fund that gets meals to individuals, elderly individuals and disabled individuals at home who are incredibly affected by this virus. Uh, just of all organizations out there doing good, it's one of those that you can really trust in the good that they're doing. Uh, it's just amazing that simply submitting a review can do so much good and also help out the show. I mean, I know I appreciate it. I'm sure Matt would too. So it, it's a, it's a win-win. Yeah. You can't um, lose. No, absolutely. Um, you know, guys, again, I hope you both realize that I'm super grateful to you guys being a part of the show. It's so much fun. Uh, we're going to have a pretty big gap in between Falcon, the winter soldier and Loki, but we do have some things, you know, in the pipeline that we've talked about. Uh, we're going to go into a lot of details next week on some other things that we're working on and when that's going to be coming. But as always, Harrison's notes for the basement binge are going to be in this episode's description. Rob Harrison. Thank you guys so much. This has been a blast and to the listeners. Thank you so much. As Rob said, it's much appreciated all the feedback that we get. Uh, next week, a little bittersweet because it is ending, but I cannot wait to get back here, talk about this episode, hear from the people who listen to this show, and let's see where this uh, this season finale is going to take us, like Rob said. Hopefully, um, it is not a serious finale, and we get season two of this. So thank you very much. Next week, Falcon of the Winter's.